Hello, and welcome back to Cape Corner, where we explore the history, story, and cultural impact of a different uh, character group every episode. I'm low energy. And I'm half dead. No, don't <laughs> try to compete with me over that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm just talking about my voice. Oh, but okay. it's just, it's really just lower than usual, which is fine. That's fine. You got the fucking asthma, uh, or not even asthma. You got like the, um, those old uh, radio shows where it's like, all right, Hello. tonight we're going to take things down a notch and it's couples hour. So, Bella, yeah, I actually, here. I actually do think that my ASMR voice is one of the only things I can still do. So that's nice. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't like asthma, but for people who do, I'm sure that's great. Uh, a new listener somewhere, probably. Yeah. Somebody is just like, ooh. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> great answer. Sorry. It's, uh, I can, I've been watching Game Grumps play Family Feud and, um, that's one of their writing jokes is the fact that some computer player in the background every once in a while will just be like, great answer. Um, oh my God. This is a great start. We're having a good, we're having a good day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today we're talking about, let's see what, what can, uh, the destroyer of worlds, uh, son of coal, the cavalry son of coal. The best Marvel show. Uh, we're talking about Agents of Shield. It's funny because you uh, you made that post about uh, the best Marvel show, and a bunch yeah. of people responded. And no one said it was this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we we got um, Cloak and Dagger, which I still haven't seen yet. We got a yeah. Blade show that I wasn't aware existed. Good old Scotty Cameron. Excuse me. What else did we get? Uh, I think I think those were the only two uh, guesses. Um, oh, okay. And then and then you said Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I I was I braced myself after saying that I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone's gonna take me serious. Is, is someone gonna do it? Is someone <laughs> gonna someone gonna get upset? Um, um, have you actually have you watched the the eight episodes of Inhumans? I forget. Fuck no. Okay. I have. Yeah. It's not. I have. It doesn't get better. <laughs> but before before it became popular to call all the Marvel stuff bad, back when everyone was like, "No, this is fantastic." Um, back before woke entered the cultural zeitgeist. Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Um, yeah, before that, then uh, everyone uh, everyone was like, "Inhumans is actually garbage," and. <laughs> I yeah, that, that really was that genuinely was Marvel Studios' first and, wow. in my opinion, only really big misstep. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I was like, oh, man, they, they finally made a bad thing. It took them what? I guess that's not true. It wasn't technically Marvel Studios. I think that was another Marvel television thing. Yeah. But, um, but I, it's all. But, but like it was mishandled. <laughs> it was mishandled on multiple levels, right? Like it's bad as a show, but also it wasn't even meant to be a show. It was supposed to be like an IMAX movie, but then that screened so badly that they turned it into a show. And 
Well, yeah, it was that they were going to do a movie, and then they were like, well, let's not do a movie, let's do a show, but put the first two episodes in IMAX, and then they had, like, filmed eight episodes by the time, they hadn't finished filming the first season. They had filmed, like, half of the first season when they put the first two episodes in IMAX, and then that did so poorly that they immediately canceled the rest of the series and just stopped making them. And then just aired what they had and then stopped. Man, what a fucking train wreck. <laughs> uh all right. Well, like I said, we're we're not talking about humans. We're talking about agents of shield. Uh so, so let's go back to 2014 and uh, the most recent Marvel movie was Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. uh, which aired in like <clears throat> November, December, somewhere around there, late 2013. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, we're talking. Wait, is this 2014 or 2013? Iron Man came out in May started, of 2013. It, yeah, I know. Iron Man 3 came out in late 2013, and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started in like spring, like April or something of 2014. Uh okay no I think that's I think that's backwards I think well not backwards I think that Iron Man three was in May of 2013 and Agents of Shield premiered that October I think because I know that I know that Captain America two came out in like April or May of 2014 and it lined up with almost the end of season one of Agents of Shield. Hold on, I'm looking it up. <laughs> uh, I think season one first aired September twenty fourth, twenty thirteen. Okay, you're okay, right. okay. Um, I mean, I guess God forbid. I assume that they made a fucking Christmas movie close to Christmas. I know that's really when you think back on the history of Marvel, that one really confuses me. <laughs> it came out in May. Why'd they do that? I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't forgive Iron Man three, uh, just because of its uh, Tony action scenes. I still, oh, I, yeah, I don't. I, Iron Man three is my least favorite uh, Marvel movie. Oh, okay. I would say Thor: The Dark World, but Iron Man. Oh, you know what? It's a tie. I'll give it to both of them. <laughs> yeah. See, like I, it, it's funny because if there was ever a point where I was like, uh oh, has Marvel run its course? For me, it was right after the Avengers with those first two movies. I was like, yeah, oh, two back to back stinkers, and then they did the Winter Soldier. I was like, nope, we're back. Yep, though they they've got it. <laughs> they've, they've got this in the bag. I was like, we're back better than ever. Yep. Um, but anyway, so Iron Man three just came out and. We, we started getting uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Now, here's the thing. We're going to get this out of the way real quick. First of all, people are convinced that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a bad show because everyone mm-hmm. says Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a bad show. And this also yes. fact that the first like, 12, 13, 14 episodes are sort of like a monster of the week style. Yeah, um, it's a it's a so so. Yeah, monster of the week is a good way to put it. It's got that same format that season one of the Flash, you know, did or or 
any yeah, season of Supernatural. There's a random threat or plot line that we are dealing with this week, and it doesn't really tie into the larger narrative of um of the show or the Marvel Universe. Yeah, the only tie-in is the premise that what happened to Coulson, and there's a little bit of a lingering mystery at the beginning of season one. Right away. What happened? If people are expecting this show to have heavy ramifications on the Marvel Universe, you need to stop, because the entire point is they're fucking spies. Yeah, you know, this is anytime, and oh boy, are we going to have some rants about canonicity in this episode. Oh, yes. Um, um, but every time someone says it's not canon, there's plenty of arguments that people use for it's not canon. I'll address a few of them over the course of this episode. But, but the one that I see the most often is the dumbest one, which is it's not canon because it doesn't affect the movies. To which I say, you've never picked up a comic book in your life. Because there are so many comics that are set in the same world as everything else where some weird shit happens and just no one notices it. Because that's how comics work. Weird shit happens in the background. Marvel likes to let things go unaddressed for literal years, sometimes decades. And then Mm -hmm. randomly be like, remember when this happened? Like, Emil Blonsky just appeared... For the well, well, first it was Shang Chi actually, but um, so he appeared in Shang Chi after what fucking like thirteen years? Yeah, Christ Almighty! Um, and and nobody's talked about the fact that a celestial appeared in the sky yet. So are we just supposed to assume that that didn't happen? Um, yeah, it's like (laughs) you guys, they're in a world of superheroes crazy shit is constantly happening so people aren't always talking about fucking iron man or whatever and 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 hell they are they do talk about iron man in the show so yes they do and that's that's why i always no you go ahead a, a lot of events from the marvel cinematic universe from the movies happen in the show yeah so, bare minimum from the show's point of view it exists within the movies but also in the movies they are dealing with different things than what the show is dealing with like i'll tell you what if there was ever an instance where um like and they explain it away too right they always explain why whenever anything big is going on agents of shield aren't getting in the mix like Mm -hmm. when when the Avengers and everyone were dealing with Thanos, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had their own uh, potentially world-ending supervillain threat that they were having to deal with. And because mm. that was not on the Avengers' radar, they were like, we're dealing with this, that they got Thanos. Yeah. Um, and I was going to point out that you also have to consider what story you're being shown in the movies, because like you were saying, that it's like, yeah, none of these people show up in uh, uh, Civil War. And it's like, well, Civil War isn't about them. So don't worry about it. Uh, like, you know, Shang-Chi, certainly, and She-Hulk in particular, do really good at reminding us that it's like, yeah, there's lots of just weird shit going on in the background that most of the movies just kind of aren't aware of because they're dealing with something else. And, and talking about, depending on what story... Again, these movies operate on comic book rules, like you were saying. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen people be like, 
um like in in um things like the the captain america the winter soldier when all that shit was going on and they were like why don't why doesn't tony just call in iron man or someone to help because it's a mm. captain america movie yeah it's the same reason why in a captain america book he's not constantly calling in the avengers for everything because and it's also why in captain america 2 he never mentions that the vice president was arrested like a year and a half ago that was a yeah. fucking big deal that yeah. should be a big deal to captain america and to shield but yeah. it doesn't get brought up but it's like yeah because it wasn't about them and and also this is my favorite argument for it is you can't say that something's not canon because something didn't happen and and my argument there is you don't know what's happening off screen for all you know 15 minutes before the opening of winter soldier cap was talking to black widow about how big a deal it was that the vice president got arrested yeah and i was like for all you know 12 minutes before the opening of civil war cap gave a big speech about the inhumans it's like i don't know it could have happened people have to realize that far more of these characters lives happened off screen than happened screen like from iron man one to endgame was an 11 year span and it, it, no sorry in universe it was a 15 year span yep um and we get to see oh what collectively like a month of their lives yeah maybe <laughs> so uh so yeah there's going to be a lot of shit that they're dealing with because like there's so many time skips because the movies more or less happen in real time the last time we saw uh captain america was in um 2012 in the avengers and then we see him again in 2014 and he's joined up with shield and he's got a new suit and he's got like new working relationship with uh black widow and uh, Rumlo and all these people, and it's like yeah, and it's like so many missions and so many conversations happened off screen. He's developed his fighting style, incorporated new <clears throat> like stealthier mm-hmm. than before. Um, so it's like yeah, it, it it for all you fucking know, he met Leo Fitz or something, and it's like and, maybe and, he trained with agent may during those two years he very well could have and hell the the, the again talking about fits that some of the events of agents of shield are explained to have affected things in the movies that's my but, favorite thing that agents of shield does the mouse hole that fury used to survive the onslaught from um the quote-unquote cops um mm-hmm uh was thanks to agents of shield the helicopter mm-hmm. that saved the citizens of sokovia was thanks to agents of shield yep. uh, the the fact that they had access to the scepter uh at the start of age of ultron was thanks to agents of shield mm-hmm. um so uh like all, all of like they're doing shit but again they're spies by default, they operate in the shadows, in the background. Especially after season one, when it's like, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s now a secret. The existence of S.H.I.E.L.D. is now a secret. Yeah. Um, so, I, I just... It, it, it does bother me when people are like, well, why aren't they showing up like the superheroes? Well, because they're supposed to be the fucking people in the background mm-hmm. not operating in the limelight like the superheroes. 
do you not know how that fucking works? And then I really liked that when Infinity War came out, they were like, okay, well, surely Thanos is like the threat that's worth coming out of hiding for. Why wasn't Quake there? And then season uh, five just explains why Quake wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. There, there was, while they were fighting in Wakanda and on the East Coast, meanwhile, on the West Coast, there was a guy ripping San Francisco out of the ground. Yeah. And Quake had to fuck that guy up. Yeah. So. And it's like, but well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess just because one really super duper big bad guy is around doesn't mean that super villains aren't still fucking shit up in other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you you were in the middle of saying that people unfairly judge this series on like the first twelve episodes. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I argue that those episodes are still very enjoyable, and they they are. Like, I like them. You know how a fucking TV show works. <laughs> know that they like to lay the groundwork for character interactions and relationships early on and slowly build to better things. I don't know why people thought that wouldn't be the format. It's a fucking TV show. Yeah, uh, it's on ABC. It's not a Marvel movie. You don't you don't bum rush that character relationship building in two hours. Let's be frank. I love the Howling Commandos. But who the fuck were they? We didn't get them as characters, except for me, yeah. Dumb Dumb Dugan. Uh, like, yep. the Howling Commandos as characters... Yeah, we had a three-minute scene breezed. with them at the bar. They are breezed by so quickly in the first Captain America movie because that's the nature of a two-hour film. You mm-hmm. gotta get to more important shit. We gotta keep it going. We don't need to do that in a TV show. We can learn who these people are as individuals, their individual backstories, their motivations, the way mm-hmm. their motivations come into conflict with each other. That slowly builds over the episodes. And if you're not in for the long haul, why the fuck are you watching a TV show? Yeah, just watch movies, man. <laughs> um... But anyway, those first 12 episodes are enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And then episode 13, I believe, is Tracks, which is one of the yeah, sounds right. episodes of TV I've ever seen. Um, which one was that one? It was the one where the train disappeared. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. And that one, its own, is a... And that one has a Stan Lee cameo. It does. Uh <laughs> So that on its own is a great um, episode right there, focusing on the different perspectives of the train thing and slowly figuring out what actually fucking happened over the course of the episode. Yeah, that was really cool storytelling. And then it ends with one of the most shocking things. Like, I, I truly could not have expected that they did what they did at the end of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And from there, I was like completely locked in. And because of the nature of what happens at the end of that episode, it sort of locks us into high intensity stuff for the next few episodes. And then uh, Winter Soldier happens, completely changes the game of what Shield is, what the. Shield I also is. really liked that they did. They did the thing. This is the same feeling I get watching the last four episodes of the Clone Wars, but Agents of Shield did it first is they start referencing things that makes it clearer and clearer to you that it's like, oh, shit, we're in the events of the Winter Soldier now. It's like, we're like hours away from this entire organization collapsing and everyone turning on each other. Yep. 
and and you get to see it coming because they're like acknowledging that Nick Fury's just arrived in Washington D.C. It's like, oh shit, yeah, or that that means this the, is happening. They're at the Triskelion and uh, uh, was it well revealed to be Hydra in Agents of Shield? I can't remember. Ooh, yes, I think so. I mean, they 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 acknowledge that he's that he's Hydra in the uh, in the movie as well. Yeah, but I I think they I think we get a hint of it in Agents of Shield. I can't remember. Yeah, I I can't remember honestly. But um, either way, like you you uh, well, yeah, because Sitwell's like, all right, I'm going to go on a boat. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a boat to catch. Yeah, uh, something like that, and he uh. And so, like, if you've already seen Winter Soldier, you're like, wait a minute. Yep. Hold on a second. I uh, know what's going to happen on that boat. Yeah. We're going to fight a fucking MMA fighter. Yeah. Um, that truck, Zelipe. I really liked that he came back. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, they I Also, it's funny that they took such a fucking D-list villain... And they were like, let's actually make him kind of cool, though. Yeah, it was a cool fight. He, he's a pretty cool villain. That entire first action sequence in Falcon and the Winter Soldier was dope. That's some top-tier uh, choreography. That whole movie is top-tier choreography. Yeah. Um, Alright, so uh, anyway, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really good, and it gets better uh, as the seasons go on. I think it mm-hmm. season four, but even then, Season five. Look, it took me a long time to get on board with season five because I think the uh, season five is tough to get into. The 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 sci-fi like dystopian future shit was such like a strange move for me, and it was a little too different. And I I had to stop watching for a couple of years, and then I came back and I got through it. Okay. Um. Interesting. Season six uh, is fascinating. Um, I, I think it's. Season six is probably my least favorite season. Yeah, I do like it. I do like it. It's just, it's just my least favorite. It's the same way I talk about Marvel. My least favorite is still great. Yeah, and then season seven was such a fucking joy to watch. Oh my god, that yeah, seven is like the big comeback. It's like my favorite. It's my favorite season of the show. I think that legitimately competes with season four for me for what's the best season. Yeah. Which is good. You want to end on a high note. Um, yeah. And uh, oh my god, like episodes, like, like, like we'll we'll talk more about them later. But uh, the Mac and the D episode um, was like one of my favorite things I've ever. Oh seen. yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Oh shit! How much time do we got? I I had a ten minute warning. Um. Okay, we got like four and a half minutes or something. So. Okay. Um. Let's let's start talking a little bit about season one and the characters. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, everyone's favorite Phil Coulson, he mm. came back, baby, and it's funny. He is that, um, so delightful because when um, when Agents of Shield was announced, it was originally not announced about um, Coulson being a main character, right? Um, so. Yeah. There was this um, online uh, movement 
at the time, uh, post Avengers, uh, called Colson Lives, where people really grew to like Agent Colson as a character, and they didn't want him dead, so they're like, no, he's got to be alive somehow. It's superheroes; no one stays dead. Colson Lives, um, and what's really funny is that um, one of the big wigs at Marvel. Uh, he came out on stage for the uh, for the Agents of Shield panel, and he was oh. wearing a jacket. He's like, "It's a little stuffy in here." And he turns around and he takes the jacket off, and the back of his shirt said "Colson lives" on it. <laughs> and That's clever. It was like thunderous, like uproarious applause. And he turns back Colson... around and he's just like, "What?" <laughs> Colson gets such a good entrance in this show, um, where. They're saying uh, uh, Hill is talking to Ward and she's saying you should go meet with Agent Coulson. And he says, Agent Hill, I'm clearance level six. I'm aware that Agent Coulson was killed right before the Battle of New York. And then Coulson walks out of the shadows and says, welcome to level seven. And then he just pauses and goes, I'm sorry, there was a that he goes i'm sorry that corner was really dark and i couldn't resist i think there's a bulb out <laughs> like that's just such a good entrance for him what's great is that um colson joins the halls of like um the, the likes of harley quinn in that he was a character made only to be like a background supporting character for a movie yeah <laughs> excuse me and was uh was brought back uh and so well received that he's now an official Marvel character. I forgot to mention when we were talking in um what I'll probably make a mini sode about Disc Wars, Colson is uh -huh. a character in that show. Oh, that's fun. Um he's a character in Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh he's a character in the comics now. He's in all the uh Lego games. Yeah. So uh voiced by Clark Gregg. Yeah, in the Lego games. Have you have you played those? Uh, the Lego Marvel and Lego. I played uh, the first one, okay. the first Lego Marvel superheroes. In in Lego Marvel's Avengers, there's a a system where random crimes will happen nearby, and you can go like beat up the criminals and stuff. And my and and Coulson lets you know that it's happening. And my favorite line that he says is usually it'll be like, hey, I know you're probably busy trying to find, you know, a gold brick or whatever, but if you have a minute, there's some uh, trouble nearby that you should go, you know, handle. He'll usually just say something like that, but my favorite is he goes, criminal activity at 12 o'clock, the direction, not the time. It's happening at the moment, but okay, now you've changed direction. <laughs> and that's my favorite line that Colson has in that game. Uh, I love Colson, so good. <laughs> Ooh, he, he also does foreshadowing for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. occasionally. As he goes, hey, if you have a minute, could you lend a hand? Not that I'd ever need a hand for any reason. <laughs> I don't like feeling, feeling I'll regret saying that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alright, we're, we're down to less than a minute. Uh, so, Ooh, okay. we all love Coulson, but there's some other really lovable characters in yeah. this, in this uh, series. And when we get back from our zoom mandated break we're going to talk about them more on this after the break <sighs> nice <laughs> and now we'll just kind of chill out for a few seconds that radio voice is slowly coming back to me oh i'm i'm proud of you man <laughs> i'm fucking tired 
<laughs> there we go. Hey. Uh, completely off topic. Uh, do you listen to much My Chemical Romance? Uh, not really. Um, I I have liked some of their songs over the years, but I don't think I ever listened to the full the Black album. Um, or uh, okay, it until like a few months ago, and I currently got this song "Mama" stuck in my head. Um, hmm. I like I wake up with a song in my head every morning, and this morning it was "Mama," which. Uh, the, the entire point of the Black Parade album is that um, it's all about death. Um, it's a concept mm. album where it's a story going from someone who is dying in their hospital bed to they are dead and in their like dying moment they hear the doctor being an asshole uh, and then like it's like their life flashing before their eyes and then it's them reaching the other side and coming to grips with the fact that they're dead and then like flashbacks to throughout their life or other people um confronting their potential death mama is about a soldier at war who mm -hmm. has a strained relationship with his mother and he writes her a letter and the lyrics are like mama we're, we all go to hell uh wow and um it's got this like like weird like old timey vibe to it but then in the chorus they they just bust out into that mid-2000s rock and it's like and when we go don't blame us and then the electric <laughs> come in uh it's so fucking catchy um but it's uh you should listen to the to the black album all right uh the black parade fuck i don't know why i keep saying black album um, also, you 100% heard Welcome to the Black Parade, whether you know it or not. Probably. Which is like the, the title song of that album. Like, it, when I was a young boy, that song. Okay. Vaguely familiar. Yes. Um, okay. Anyway, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, as we said, Colson beloved character he got built up by the movies uh other characters did not have that treatment and yet they are some of the most beloved characters in the marvel pantheon for people who mm -hmm. watch Agents of shield oh yeah uh let's start in the order that they appear in the show um because okay. fucking uh uh sky doesn't really count because she just sort of appears in a shot and then doesn't do anything for a few mm -hmm. scenes um, yeah. So we'll start with Grant Ward. Grant Ward started off as the most milk toast motherfucker. Uh, in the we life. thought he was gonna be the worst character because he, we thought he was uninteresting. He's a very stern, by the numbers, no nonsense. I I get the feeling this is the. I mean, we've kind of mentioned a few like spoilery things already, but this is the part where. If you haven't seen this show and you really want to, we're about to spoil some shit. Yeah. Um, so, with that warning in place, uh, Grant Ward's turn as an actual undercover uh, member of Hydra wound up making his character far, far more interesting. 
This was uh, genuinely one of the most harrowing moments of television I'd ever seen. I I trusted this man. Yeah, they let even, us even care about him was, and trust him. Even though he was uh like less interesting than the other members, he was still a member of the team. And his hookup with May did earn a lot of points for me because I'm like, yeah, I would fuck Ming Na Wen too. Give me of course. <laughs> of course. That woman is a fucking uh, I'm so in love with her. It's, and she still looks like that. She she does not age. <laughs> uh that there's there's two races uh that have the potential to just never age, and it's black people and Asian people and mm-hmm. and, and um it, it's She's less like, than, is she sixty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's less consistent with Asian Asian people, but when when they get it, oh man, do they fucking <laughs> not age? Um, she looks the same now looks, as she did with season one of that show. She looks like she's in her mid thirties. I'm like, God, you're an attractive woman. You're also <laughs> old enough to be my mother. <laughs> she's also one of the only people who has the Disney trifecta. Uh, Disney. she is it. Marvel stars, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's right. She, she is she is Mulan, Phoenix Shand, and Agent May. Very few people have the Disney trifecta. Yep. Samuel Jackson does if you count Pixar as Disney. Uh, yeah, it's Disney Pixar. So, uh, uh, wait, who is he in Star? Oh, uh, fucking Mace Windu. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Easy to forget. We haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Oh God, I wish he was Snoke. Oh God, that would have been cool. That was such a good theory that Snoke looked off. That would have been great because he was just torn apart by the Force lightning and thrown into fucking Coruscant traffic. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But yeah. Anyway. Uh. So so what's funny about Ward's turn is that. Brett Dalton, who plays the character, didn't mm-hmm. know about it. Oh. Uh, literally, like right mm-hmm. before they started shooting the episode where the turn happened, um, Brett Brett recalls at the like end of season one panel that they had mm-hmm. um, that they they were like, "Hey, Brett, uh, can you come into this room with us for a second? And he was brought into like a boardroom with a bunch of executives. And he thought he was getting fired. As one would, yeah. <laughs> and they, as they were explaining to him what was about to happen, his jaw just slowly like, <laughs> lowered. It's like, no, you're not being fired. You're about to be the bad the villain <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> um, and so he, he was like... He was just like so shocked by that. He was like, "Oh my god!" And what's funny, he like came out onto the stage and he still had the stubble <laughs> and had the leather jacket, and everyone was booing him. And he was kind of playing up being like the uh, was it the wrestling term, the heel? Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> so he was having fun with it. Um, That's so, fun. So after him, uh, I. Do we get a sky scene or do we get? I a, think um, May is next. Okay, so talking about Ming Na Wen, uh, her character Agent Melinda May, um, the cavalry is. 
I'm not a masochist. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> she is one of those characters that would beat me up and I would thank her for it. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't fault you for that one, man. She's... she Okay, she is legitimately so skilled that people compare her to Black Widow, and I'm like, I don't know, I kind of feel like May would beat Black Widow. I think she probably would. Because, like, like if it was a straight-on hand-to-hand fight, because, like, Black Widow augments her fighting style with her Widow Sting. Yes. May usually just has, like, I don't know, maybe a gun. <laughs> yeah, May just beats the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I don't know, I, I might give it to her. Um, if Widow has a Widow Sting, then sure, I guess. But yeah, I don't think it's, it's going to be easy for her. It's close. Yeah. Um, May has literally fought like four guys with a knife in her shoulder. Um, yep. She's fought while wearing nothing but like a negligee, which that was fucking great. She was also fighting <laughs> a copy of herself. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was like, it was like so obviously hot that like Coulson showed up in time to see it and he just said the line, I can't believe I'm the only one seeing this right now. <laughs> I I liked the uh the sort of hints of after season one uh a, a previous romantic tension between uh Colson and May. Uh, oh yeah. That was always that was always a fun little thing to bring. Agents of Shield definitely revealed that Colson used to bone down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um he he was he was kind of a ladies man and he still got a lot of that charm to him and it's great. I wish that when he showed up de-aged in Captain Marvel, they had also shown us a de-aged by which I mean current day Ming Na Wen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well he he had like just joined Shield then, so Yeah. He didn't really get paired up with her yet. Hell, she might not have even been uh in shield yet because even though she is like the same age or older than clark greg uh like i think Mm -hmm. because of how young she looks her character is younger than colson yeah i think so um so if he was the new guy back then she might have still even been in shield academy Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so she she, when we first see her, is working in a cubicle, and we, she does not want to join the team, but we later on get, first of all, we get the reveal that she's the one that put the team together, but also, mm-hmm. we we hear the story about the cavalry, which is why she was in the cubicle in the first place, because she was yeah. a badass, she was a, like a, what are they called? Her and Ward specialists? That's such yes. a bad fucking term. They're, they're the people that go in and kick ass. Um, yep. so there let's let's talk about this story real quick Bahrain yeah um it's alluded to multiple times in season one and we only get the full story like towards the end of season two mm-hmm. um in the episode called Melinda uh and what <clears throat> happened was that that season starts to deal with inhumans we find out that 
back in the day in the country of Bahrain or in the city, I don't know, in the vaguely Middle Eastern area of Bahrain, <laughs> uh, there was a, there was an incident with a super-powered Russian woman with super strength. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, she uh, so some shield agents were sent in to see if they could uh, de-escalate things with this woman who had killed multiple people and bring her in um, she wound up killing some of the agents uh, and she seemed to have control over multiple gang members in the area like some sort mm-hmm. of telepathic control and they kidnapped a little girl holding her hostage. Um, a bunch of agents went into the building and uh, they they didn't report back. So it seemed like they died. So mm. Colson gave the order, sent May in to try and clean up the situation. She found the other agents, but they also seemed to be under some kind of mind control. <laughs> she eventually fought her way through them or at least just kept them off her long enough to like lock them in a room. Mm-hmm. Made it to the Russian woman, got into a big fight with her, wound up stabbing her through the stomach with a iron pipe, mm-hmm. uh, killing her. And then the bombshell was dropped that the little girl was that woman's daughter. They were both in humans, and the little girl is the one with the telepathic power, the the power of mind control. Um, she's also fucking psycho, and when she touches someone to take over their mind. She also feeds off of their emotions like some kind of leech. And so she mm-hmm. wants to feel people's pain. Um, and so that's why she's having people do these fucked up things like kill people because she can then feed off of their pain. Um, and May was forced into a terrible situation where she had to murder a little girl to save everyone. And she was left with horrible PTSD from that. And so she wanted to not be in the field anymore. So that's why she went to that cubicle willingly. This is such a good show. It is. Uh, so we, we actually see her act differently. She acts more like hmm. Ming Na Wen in that episode in the flashbacks. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, because she's more happy and smiling. In fact, um, in season one, Colson describes the incident um, in much less detail to Sky. I'm still struggling to call her Sky. You'll find out why. Later. It's so hard to call her Sky. <laughs> um, but um, he, he's describing it to her, and he's like, you know, May was always a little bit rough around the edges. She was never the most social person, but she was warm. And uh, when she went to Bahrain, that piece of her died. Mm. And and you see it in the acting, like you see at the end of that flashback, she's just like no soul behind her eyes. Um, but every once in a while, you get a little glimmer of it as the show goes on. In the rare moments when she does get emotional, or she does let her guard down, like and and it doesn't need to be the big acting, super intense moments. It can be in little things like. In an episode where they were all trying to prank each other, um, at the end of the episode, 
Uh, Fitz wakes up with shaving cream in his hand and on his face, hmm. and he starts accusing people one by one. And everyone's like, "It wasn't me." And it's like, mm-hmm. who, who could have possibly done it?" And we cut to the cockpit where May is flying, and she's listening to them accusing each other. And you just see the smallest of little smirks develop on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta love May. She's so good. Speaking of Fitz, let's talk about Fitzsimmons. Fitz. <laughs> it sounded like you were getting ready to do the Flash Gordon theme. <laughs> I accidentally, I accidentally did exactly the right starting note. Yeah, yeah. Savior of <laughs> wait, he is the savior of the universe. He he, he is is he genuinely truly is. <laughs> um. Uh. According to season seven. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, Fitz and Simmons, they, Leopold Fitz and Gemma Simmons, they, they're often referred to as Fitz Simmons because they do come as a package deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're the scientists. Fitz is technology. Simmons is biological, i.e. she's the doctor. Um, mm. But Often their fields wind up crossing into each other. Um, like Fitz winds up having to help with surgery sometimes. Um, Simmons honestly sometimes helps with the technological shit. Um, but that that's like their respective specialties. Um, and yes, there is a lot of crossover because there is a lot of like, we have to perform surgery on this person who's outfitted with cybernetic enhancements. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they have to work together on a lot of that stuff. Um, they're also the the original OTP of the show, because um, like you you watch it and you're like, oh, these two seem cute. I wonder when they're gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that, uh, was, that was where we immediately all went. Yeah, it it strings you along for a long, long time. But they do get there. Um, and I think a lot of the endings of the characters are bittersweet. Um, theirs is the only one that would be like, no, that's genuinely just a good ending. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no bitter to that sweetness. Um, and uh, and Fitz is, like, really high up there in terms of my favorite Marvel characters. It's like, Captain America, <laughs> well, well, Steve. Um, who else would I have in like my top top tier? Shit, like maybe T'Challa. Oh fuck, man! It's like there's so many good characters. Um, mm-hmm. But but Fitz is in there. He's got to be in like my top five. Yeah. Um. Because he runs the gambit of like, he's the funny comic relief. Um, he's the he's the endearing um, plucky underdog who's still getting it done. He's an absolute badass who like is way more threatening than he appears. He is a terrifying villain. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, in the times when he is a villain, you're just, like, shitting yourself, like, oh, my God. Like, it's some James Bond villain-level shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he, 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 like, rivals Zemo 
in terms of like honestly all aspects of Zemo's character again because Zemo follows a similar sort of like he's a terrifying villain he's he's an underestimated un underdog he's really fucking funny when he wants to be like uh -huh. um and he has the single most heartbreaking line in the entire series, in my opinion. What's that? Uh, it's when he dies. <laughs> uh, and he says, I can't feel my legs, I think. He says, I think he say can't feel his legs. Yeah, um, he, he's like, uh, I can't feel my legs. Or, or he's like, um, they, they must be broken because uh, I can't feel them. Or yeah, and then like we that. check, and then we check why. And so, okay. he's in, in very scene, clearly out of it. In, in this scene, I had originally thought it was something different, and then after the fact, upon rewatches, I I realized what it really was. So we we see like we pan down and we see like because there's rock and rubble and rebar and shit that's fallen on him, and we yeah. see um part of the rock that's like cut into his side and there's blood, mm -hmm. and so I had thought that he had been stabbed and like maybe it did damage to his spine and that's why he couldn't feel anything but mm -hmm. it was a grievous enough wound that they couldn't take care of him in time and he died and i mm -hmm. now now later on after those said rewatches i think what they just couldn't show too graphically was he was cut in half his entire oh. half was crushed mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So, is that is that not what you got from it? You thought the stab? That's yeah. I I had thought it was like a just a really bad impalement. Well, because they um, never showed his legs. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, his line delivery there, where it's like he's very clearly kind of out of it and doesn't really get that he's dying. And he's like shaking and everything. Yeah, um, God. And it's, good God, uh, that actor, man. Who is it? It's Mac and Yoko <laughs> over there with him. Yeah. And um, and Mac's just like, "You did good, Turbo. You did really good." Mm -hmm. and, Dude, that had me sobbing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was inconsolable, and um, <laughs> and it's funny because uh, because of the events of season five, uh. Well, well, first of all, shit got so crazy that you forget this, but there was a time travel aspect to season five where mm -hmm. everybody else got sent to the future, but Fitz. And so he had to enter like a, a cryo chamber to wait the long way for the future yeah. to meet up with yep. them. And then they all went back in time together. And then all this shit happened where they were trying to save the world in a completely different world ending threat from Thanos. And Fitz died. And it's extremely upsetting. And, 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 and Quake launches a dude into we, space. We, we get we get into like a eulogy, and we think it's for Fitz, but it's for um it's for Coulson who because of the events of that season he's going to be dying soon, and so he's going. Oh to yeah, die. I remember that. Yeah. And and so we're like, oh, this is Coulson's thing, and even Coulson comes out and he's like, all right, well, I'm not dead yet, so like, <laughs> chill out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they bring up Fitz, and Simmons is there, and she she's you know sad but you know you, you think maybe she's just like sort of emotionally out of it like distance mm. and uh she's like um you know i wish fitz uh could have been here to see this and colson's like 
yeah, make sure you let him know when he gets back. And then, and you're like, wait, what? And then you you wait for a second, and you're like, wait a minute, there's still a Fitz that's in cryosleep. Yep, has time travel shenanigans. Because we're not in the future anymore, so he's still asleep waiting for the future that we already mm-hmm. see. Um, which that brings in its own drama in season six when Fitz and Simmons meet up and Simmons winds up having to unwillingly reveal to Fitz who for all intents and purposes is just the Fitz from the end of season four. Yeah. In the events he's, of season five. He's Shatter, missing, he's missing uh, a, a three, two thirds of a season of Fitzness. Yeah. But otherwise he's Fitz. She she winds up having to reveal to him through like a psychic uh, computerized mind meld. That's a long story. Don't ask that, mm. um, that they got married. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's upset because he asked her to marry him both times. But the second time she was already married to him. So he feels like yeah. a different iteration of himself basically cucked him is what it is that's really funny uh and and she's and she points out how silly it is she's like oh what Fitz are you jealous of yourself and he's like yes Yes. you know what (laughs) yes I am that would be weird because like you know that they had like their wedding night and that whole thing and that it's like so she's already had her big wedding night with you but you haven't experienced it so now you're experiencing it but you're not experiencing it for the first time together and it's like that would be weird It'd be a weird thing to think about yeah it's gotta suck to be your own sloppy seconds <laughs> it'd be like well this is a very special night for me but i know you've already had it oh yeah it's that's so weird like, it's oh, a weird it's concept just another night Yep. Uh, it's just another Tuesday. Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite, all-time favorite Coulson lines. is is the, the Russian guy in, I want to say, the end of season three or somewhere in season four. The, well, there, uh, this, when Bobby and Hunter go away? Oh, I don't I don't remember, but there was there was this Russian guy who becomes an LMD. Um, so oh, I guess this oh, was season uh, four. Uh, the Superior. Yes! And he, at some point, explains why he hates Coulson so much. And it's like some elaborate thing about his past and how he was engaged with this organization. Coulson was responsible for, you know, uh, uh, collapsing something. And it like someone in his family died. And he hates Coulson for all this stuff. And, and I really love that. I think Coulson's reaction to it is he says, is he says, look, I get sent on so many missions. He says, I, I get tasked with finding a thing that's going to destroy the world. I retrieve it, and I get rid of anyone in my way. And he says, so, cool origin story, bro, but that was just another Tuesday for me. Which is funny. That, <laughs> that's my that, favorite Colson line. That itself is like paying homage to a famous uh, comic book line that was told by a oh. um, Which, uh, I don't know if you know this, it's like... Um, for you, this is the most defining moment of your life. For me, <clears throat> this is Tuesday. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I don't remember who said it. it. It's like, oh, I can't remember. It, it's like, 
Thanos or Dark Side. It's one of those okay. like, big, big bad guys. And yeah. like they're they're slaughtering an entire civilization of people. And so there's someone there who their family had died. And they're just like, yeah, I'm sure that like this is important for you and you're going to tr- like grow up and try to devote yourself to getting revenge against yeah. fucking get in line, buddy. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, that that's my favorite Coulson line. Cool origin story, bro. But that was just Tuesday for me. Yeah, I, I gotta go on a little bit of a rant here. I went on this rant in my Discord server um, already. Mm. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, maybe. Um, it, it bothers me that I think what the MCU does sometimes is they go, "We're not going to use this comic book character." So let's oh yes make a reference to them in the form of another character, and then later on they go, actually, we do want to use that character. And so there's this jumbled mess of a web of characters sharing aspects of their identity with each other. So mm-hmm. specifically, Crimson Dynamo, Red Guardian, Superior, Whiplash, and Modoc. I pulled it up. Uh, to easily remember it. So Whiplash was merged with Crimson Dynamo in yeah. Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. But Crimson Dynamo is a nickname for Red Guardian in Black Widow. Yeah. One of the people in the comics who was Red Guardian was Anton Ivanov, who is the superior <laughs> from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anton Ivanov, the superior, was combined with MODOK in that he was a head in a jar that was controlling robots and said that he was designed only for killing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then MODOK is now a character in Quantumania. Which is also designed only for killing. Yes. So, so all those characters... And and he was Yellowjacket, who was supposed Wait, to be Hank, right? Wait, what? <laughs> Modok, oh, did you not know that? That I haven't seen Quantumania yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! I might have done a spoiler for Quantumania. Well, yeah, if you've you seen the picture did. of him, you can recognize that that's the same guy. But no, it's I it's didn't. the guy who was no, it's the guy sorry. who was Yellow Jacket. Sorry, bud. There's no weaseling your way out of it. You just spoiled me on something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I did not look at his giant fucked up baby face and go, oh yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> oh okay. See, when I saw the picture of him, I was like. Is that Darren? No, from Ant Man. I one hundred percent did not ever. Get okay, that. well, to add to your point, um, uh, Modok was Yellow Jacket, and Hank was Yellow Jacket in the comics, not yeah. Darren Cross. Darren Cross is a new guy. Yeah, and so yeah, just lots of. But then Hank was Yellow Jacket in What If? Yeah, they finally did that. <laughs> Uh, and see, like some of this stuff uh, doesn't bother me. Like the the fact that like Scott is Ant Man and Bill is Goliath, but uh, Hank was both of those monikers in the comics. Was like, well, that's that's yeah. a legacy hero thing, right? Like a lot of times, yeah. you have more than one person that takes up the mantle of a character. It's specifically the fact that they give nicknames or fusion identities that aren't from the comics to these movie iterations of characters and so when you bring in the actual you know that character it's like well 
part of their identity was merged with this other character so it's kind of weird now again yeah guardian was never referred to as the crimson dynamo they did that because they were like we're never going to use the crimson dynamo but you already yep. kind of used the crimson dynamo you just made him whiplash also mm -hmm. and, and you can't tell me that it's like no it's just whiplash in an iron man suit no the guy that mickey rourke is playing is specifically Crimson Dynamo in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. He's not Whiplash. So it's more that they gave Crimson Dynamo Whiplash abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So that, that frustrates me when it, it just, it reeks of poor planning on their part and i understand it's really difficult to plan a franchise that goes on for 15 years i get that but maybe you should stop assuming you're not going to use a character yeah it, at the beginning it strikes me as um uh uh that they don't want to do things that they deem well the uh, you know i guess that doesn't make sense for the crimson dynamo and whiplash thing for the modok thing i'm like oh there's no way that, they're yeah, gonna let us do were, something as stupid like, as modok that's too silly we're never going to be able to do something that ridiculous so let's just do a little easter egg for modok yeah i understand but also, this is a franchise, an ongoing franchise of comic book movies, and we're getting more and more comic booky as the years go on. And so, the idea of like, no, that would be too silly. That really falls. You know, honestly, they. I think they also did that with the Mandarin, where they were like, "Well, there's no way that they're gonna let us do magic dude with ten rings." Yeah, uh, let's make him a who's, who's Asian. So we'll just do uh, fake terrorist is the I, Mandarin. I think post Guardians of the Galaxy, the the idea of that would be too silly needs to just be dead. That's a great point, and it kind of feels like that's about when the switch started happening. Yeah, kind of. I mean, again, Black Widow still did that shit of like, oh, Red Guardian, the Crimson Dynamo. Fuck you. You know what? Uh, I don't think I don't think it was being put forward as a as a nickname it was i think it was i i rewatched oh, okay. it recently like um okay. yelena specifically refers to him as the crimson dynamo when she's derisively talking about his days as the red guardian oh i thought she was just wrong or got him mixed up with someone no no she she's like you uh you want to live in your glory days when you were the crimson dynamo and um and oh okay uh, I thought so, he. I thought he then like goes. It's, it's Red Guardian. <laughs> like he's. It's. I don't really want to correct you right now because you're angry, but it's Red Guardian. I, I, I thought was I don't think, his response. I don't, I don't remember think, very clearly though. So I don't, I don't think he actually like um speaks in that moment. Um, okay. Then, but um, uh, so so it's yeah, like that's weird. Then it's like your Sentinel of Liberty. Captain America. It's like your Man of Tomorrow, but Superman. It's that thing that we do at the start of every episode where I I list off the nicknames. Yeah, of the, the nicknames. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is it's funny. It's very holes. I don't know if you've ever seen holes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It. They don't say it in the movie, but in the holes book, um, Stanley makes a mental note that if you're important enough in the social hierarchy of Camp Green Lake, 
your nickname gets a nickname. Um, <laughs> like like the guy who's nicknamed Armpit is sometimes just called Pit. The guy who's nicknamed X-Ray is sometimes just called X. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but then Magnet is only ever Magnet, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's not important enough. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, so yeah. Uh, let's, let's get back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're going to have another course break in four minutes, just letting you know. Um, yeah. So the last member of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is arguably the main character or where where Coulson might have started as the main character it's in a lot of ways narratively this is the main character yeah it slowly turns into him mentoring the new main character similar to Hawkeye yeah makes sense yeah Um, so she starts off going by Sky and she's a hacker and winds up being ambiguous as to whether or not she actually wants to be on the team um, and she does fuck them over in an early episode, like episode five or something. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and uh, she does later on wind up getting fully on board when they help her find out more about her origin because she doesn't know who her parents are. Um, uh, later on, they find out that she's an 084, which is a, a designation for an object of unknown origin. Um mm-hmm. So she's like, so we don't even know like where I'm from, what my origin is. Uh, we would eventually come to find out that um, that they say in season one, I don't know what her deal was. She has some kind of power or something. Yeah. And we're like, oh, so she's she's got like a superpower. And we don't know what the specifics are, especially because she never seems to demonstrate any superhuman abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in season two, when we find out about Inhumans, we find out she is an Inhuman. So her power needs to be activated the way hu- Inhumans do. By the Terrigen Mist. Yep. So she she goes through the mist, gets her power, um, which seems to be just destroying everything randomly in her environment when she gets <laughs> yeah. Uh, like lights are blowing up and shit. And when she visits Jiang, we we find out more about her ability is vibration manipulation. Uh, she's specifically shaking things with her mind. Uh, she's tapped yeah. into the atomic vibrational frequencies that everything has and can manipulate that. So she can shake you from a molecular level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, she we- is like potentially the most dangerous uh, Marvel character, honestly. But yeah. By the time we've seen her do the feats that she's been seen to do, like, I, I remember my dad and I had been talking about, it's a shame she couldn't make it to the Battle of Wakanda, because she could have liquefied Thanos' bones. Arguable. Um, I, I, <laughs> she is powerful. I don't know if I'd put her in the same tier as Captain Marvel or um, Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I do think that they, partly because they're energy-based and magic-based. And they're um, both powered by an infinity gem. Yeah, but <laughs> but I'm like, just the nature of her powers, I'm like, I bet she could liquefy Thanos' organs if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's also like she's getting better at using the powers as time goes on. Um, we're at less because I, cause I do think that absent the Infinity Gauntlet, they've shown us that Thanos physically is not on a Captain Marvel or a, a Scarlet Witch power level. 
for a visit. Um, yeah. Yeah, for real. Jesus. <laughs> what if? Yeah, uh, we're at less than a minute. So we'll we'll talk more about who she really is. Um, okay. Uh, after, uh, I'm not going to play another ad. I'll start playing more ads when people start giving me more advertisements. Sounds like a good uh, system. I'm going to run to the bathroom really fast while you right. get the Best next week set up. Okay. Mm. Mm. <sighs> um, so... Uh, we wind up finding out uh, little little pieces here and there. Uh, so first, with her father, uh, Calvin Zabo, mm-hmm. um, he is a character from the comics. Um, what's it called? The Hyde? Uh, yeah. I, I was getting ready to say Blockbuster, but that's a that's like the DC uh, version of that character. Yeah, because he he's got the Jekyll and Hyde thing going on. Yeah. So um, he he is a murderer, and she does not fuck with him at first. Um, and uh, at one point when they're talking but about to be separated, um, he's like, look, I know that uh, you don't like me very much, but I want you to know I will always love you, Daisy. And oh, yeah. our hardcore Marvel fans had already been speculating that she might be Quake. Um, yep that that it was confirmed for them but it was like 100% fully truly confirmed um, when later on when she's interacting with her dad again and like they're getting along a little bit better and he's touring her through his old neighborhood they go to his old MD practice and she sees his name like on the nameplate of the door and it says Calvin Johnson and she's like Mm -hmm. your last name's Johnson he's like yeah, uh, when I started being bad, I decided to change it to something more intimidating. And he walks in yeah. and standing out there for a little bit, and she just goes, Daisy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives her her birthday, so she knows exactly how old she is. She has her name. Um, and uh, using her powers, she starts uh, uh, like at the end of season three, beginning of season four, she goes rogue. And she starts doing little Robin Hood-esque good deeds, like stopping corrupt bank owners and shit. And so people start coming to know her as Quake. Mm -hmm. Uh, And season five, they would add on to that. They'd be like, oh yeah, Quake, the destroyer of worlds. Oh my God. Um, Love season five. Which, yes and no. Uh, Turns out her powers are potentially capable of cracking planets. Yep. But even in those fucked up timelines, she was never actually the one. Yeah, it was a misunderstanding. Um, but uh, well, I don't know. Are her powers capable of cracking a planet? Because at that point, it it would have probably been vibration manipulation mixed with gravity manipulation. To destroy a planet, right? I, I do. Th- I do think that the implication is that the fight between them was supposed to crack the planet. Now, see, I assumed it was because he started. He absorbs her, so he absorbed her. Planet. Oh, okay. So he was using both vibration and gravity manipulation to start ripping all the gravitonium out of the planet, and because yeah. of that. 
he wound up ripping key like fault lines of the planet and it cracked in half. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, uh, I love the way that fight ends. Because because the way the fight starts to conclude, the moment when the timeline changes, as confirmed by Robin, is when she notices the um, extremists. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So True. she was in the middle of being absorbed. So it implies that the original ending of that fight, they had a fight, but it didn't destroy the planet. And then she got absorbed by him. Yeah, and then he destroyed the planet with her power. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then instead, she fucking launches him into orbit. <laughs> yeah. She gets underneath <laughs> of him and just delivers a single, like, jab. And it it's... it. Yeah, launches him into orbit and he freezes in space and fucking dies. So extremist power Daisy could definitely liquefy Thanos. Yes, that I will agree with. <laughs> There's no contest there. Yeah. It's also interesting because was that extremist like a temporary version or did they have to use whatever that Tony used to get the extremist out of Pepper? Well, that's a good question. Because... She doesn't seem to be powered by extremists for the last two seasons. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to assume that because Tony did that in Iron Man 3, when he was still working closely with S.H.I.E.L.D., that they just had the data on what he did. Yeah. Remove extremists from a system. So, and, and again, they've got a whole fix Simmons there, I'm sure. Well, no, they had a whole Simmons, <laughs> but yeah, still, that's the one that you mainly want for uh, working on a person. Um, yeah, yeah. So the the story of Agents of Shield it it goes crazy as as you probably already figured out. We've got time travel. We've got world ending threats. We've got Ghost Rider. Yeah, we both thought of the same thing there, <laughs> dude. Robbie Reyes is so fucking cool. Um, oh my god. It's great because I've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. He's a member of the Midnight Suns and I actually... That's cool. I just did a mission where you're trying to find Johnny Blaze who has the last page of the Ooh. Dark World. And so you use Robbie um, and specifically uh, the Spirit of Vengeance to track the former user of the Spirit of Vengeance, who, by the way, even though Johnny doesn't have the Spirit in him anymore, he still has access to minor Hellfire capabilities. He sets his shotgun on fire and uses it to blast demons away. Interesting. Um, so it's like he, he at the very least learned how to use some magic while he was Ghost Rider. Um, yeah. Similarly to how Robbie seems to start learning it at the end of mm-hmm. Season 4. Um because he manages to make a portal without transforming. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. Cool. Um, but also the portal looks exactly the same as the Doctor Strange portals and that had me and my dad watched every episode of Agents of Shield uh together as they were coming out and when that happened we were like that's so fucking cool that it looks <laughs> like the Doctor Strange portal. Yeah. Uh it's the, the way these like because that's the thing 
people who shit on the series for not having super big, super obvious like tie-ins to the movies. Well, what makes it fun to watch is if you can catch the subtle tie-ins. Like yeah. the fact that they were using the same type of portal as Doctor Strange. If you could notice the mouse hole in Winter Soldier, um, if like it's these little things, and when you make those little connections yourself you feel so much more fulfilled than if the movie treats you like a fucking baby and slaps a big neon sign in your face and goes, hey, there's the, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character and they interacted with fucking, uh, I don't know, Captain Marvel or some shit. They, well, I guess the, they the people that in the Captain Marvel movie. <laughs> but Yeah, the, the people who, who think it's not canon would also not be satisfied with that uh, because it would be a variant according to them because here's the thing at the end of the day (laughs) they're not actually arguing based on what's logical or anything right they're arguing on the they just don't want to watch it they don't like the agents of shield show and so they want to make an excuse for why they don't have to watch it to be caught up on all the mcu stuff yeah and it's like you don't have to watch it don't worry about it yeah i haven't watched a bunch of mcu shit I haven't watched humans. I, I am planning on, but haven't currently watched Cloak and Dagger. Like, I haven't watched. Yeah, I missed. Carter. I think I missed Cloak and Dagger. I haven't the watched Agent July. Carter, and that's the one that people will love. Agent Carter me over. Um, but you you don't have to watch everything. No, and um, I remember I actually tweeted this recently in regards to um. Uh, the YouTuber uh, Brown Table. You know this guy? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, he... he's the he's the guy that's called Maurice, right, or whatever. That that's what. He's the glasses guy, short dark hair. Um, yeah, 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 that guy. Like um, Yeah, uh, I I like him. I like his videos. He's he's pretty humorous, and uh, sometimes he makes some good points. But I I do get a little bit annoyed when he'll be like, "Oh, I'm just feeling that." that marvel burnout and i and i think i'll be taking a break and i'm like you saw the last one yeah You're gonna see the next one you already said it the, <laughs> and it's somebody, like somebody you can stop it's okay if you if this isn't doing it for you you can stop it's fine <laughs> somebody um brought it up on twitter the other day and i responded to it that they were like uh, are we are we starting to feel marvel fatigue and i'm like Oh my fucking god! We've been asking if there's Marvel fatigue since like 2013. Yeah, Stop. there clearly yep. isn't. Either it, it, hell, the people who might have felt fatigue back then have already started rewatching them. Like you, yeah, you can't just keep asking this question. Yeah, and that's because year. those people did what was healthy. If you're feeling burnout on something. And they probably stopped watching Marvel for a few years. I just and then they were like, I did, that, I did that with this show. I stopped yeah. watching Mar- uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for like two years. And then when season seven came around, I caught up on seasons five and six. Yeah, and it's like, that's totally fine, y'all. You don't need, if if something's just not doing it. I'm a big proponent, uh, a big advocate for the idea of just stop doing things you don't like. <laughs> Like, it's it's it would fix so much of fandom if you people would just stop doing things you don't like to, to constantly be like uh and, and yeah i'll circle back around to that in a second because i got something to say on that but yeah to constantly be like is everyone sick of marvel now no 
The answer no. is no. Because it's very successful break, movies. Because whoever took a break before is now ready to continue watching. And these are very good and successful movies. And people like watching them as long as they continue to be good. So shut the yeah. fuck up. Stop saying this every goddamn year. You <laughs> Stop fucking watching. Stop trying to take away these movies from the super fans who want to keep watching. You know what? I'm not a big fan of baseball. But it's not like I go, oh, God, is that, is everyone sick of baseball yet? Are we feeling baseball fatigue? Can we stop airing baseball on TV? <laughs> you know what I just do? I just don't fucking watch baseball. And I yeah. let people who like watching baseball do it. Yeah. It's, it's the correct response. If you're fucking sick of watching Marvel movies, stop fucking watching them. That's the answer. Stop trying to make it's it. It's like you're you will get more resentful and more sick of it if you keep making yourself watch these things that you're not enjoying. Stop trying to make it into a topic of whether or not everyone should stop watching these and they should stop making them. Just because you personally are no longer interested. Stop trying yep. to literally take away other people's enjoyment. Especially because I grew up not having any good fucking superhero movies. And, and, <laughs> and then the first one that I got that was like good was either X-Men or Spider-Man, which they're, they're fine, but like having consistent good movies is something that is still like a newer concept for me. Maybe some of you young kids have like grown up with the MCU always being there. That is true. It's interesting to me that there are now, you know, teenagers that, that are, that were born at or after Iron Man. But you, and I'm like, you have a very different experience uh, with, with superhero pop culture. You need to take it from people who grew up in the comic book movie Dark Ages. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to wish this away. Because yeah. we really don't need to have our more 2005 Ghost Riders, more 2003 <laughs> Daredevils. Yeah. We don't need those. No. Again. Um, uh, one more, one more uh, argument that has been popping up a lot recently that I wanted to call out as being a bad faith argument is I keep seeing people say, clearly, Marvel's lost its touch because they have not cracked a billion in like the last year or something. And that's true. No Marvel movie since December of 2021, not all that long in the movie world. Uh, has has cracked a billion, um, and and so people are like, well, clearly they've lost their edge because they used to always make a billion. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. Let me go check. So I went and researched, and there are uh, uh twelve superhero movies ever that have crossed a billion. Uh, a handful of them are Marvels, um, but the ones that have crossed a billion are massive crossover movies, the four Avengers movies, Civil War, and No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, movies that have incredible cultural impact, like Black Panther. Or movies that immediately precede or follow a massive uh, crossover. Iron Man 3, um, Captain Marvel, the, the ones that are like right after or right before some just massive event are going to do pretty well and otherwise none of them have the the typical standard 
uh, including Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like which was like the big hit that year. That didn't do it. Captain America two didn't do it. Uh, Captain America two might have. I don't think it did though. Um, but like you look at any average Marvel movie that isn't a massive event or the one right after a massive event. And they they haven't been making a billion. There's this sort of bad faith argument that Marvel's supposed to make a billion dollars every time it comes out with one. It's like a third of them. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> um, to to circle back around to a point you made earlier when you were like, yeah, um, you're you're gonna enjoy things a lot more if you stop watching things you hate. I think a lot of people, um, because again, growing up this shit was not popular. Being a nerd was still not popular. The internet wasn't uh, mainstream yet, so uh, people were still often mocked for their special interests, myself included. Mm -hmm. Um, Being autistic in the 90s was rough. Yeah, I was definitely mocked Uh, for pretending to be a Power Ranger in elementary school at recess. um, So, uh, now, because... Because back then, we were excluded from so many social um, events, so many social cliques and everything. We were outcasts, so we were very particular about who we let into our friend group. Because mm-hmm. if you were some fucking normie that was just going to try and come in <laughs> and make fun of us and ruin things for us, we'd say, no, fuck you. Can you name two superheroes that aren't Superman and Batman? Can you name... Um, uh, like if you were wearing a band shirt, the, the reason people get shitty about band shirts these days are like, have you actually listened to them or are you just like trying to infiltrate and like fuck around with <laughs> us? That's yeah. why gatekeeping really started is because we were bullied and we were trying to keep the bad faith people out. Yeah. Um, so now, now that everyone is on board with superheroes, um, because of that sort of gatekeeping culture of like, well, do you actually know this character? Uh, oh, are you actually interested? There are people that feel they have to mark off a checklist. Like, I I need, I am required to watch this, this, and this to be taken seriously. Yep. <clears throat> don't fucking do that. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't need to. Like, first of all, if you're not a dick to people, you're not going to get hit with that gatekeeping shit as much these days. Yeah. But also, just watch what you're interested in, what makes you happy. If you wind up loving the MCU and you genuinely want to see as much of it as you can the way that I do... Yep, that's me. But I don't watch shit that I think is going to make me unhappy to watch. Again, I didn't watch Inhumans. Uh, And... yeah. And I took my damn sweet time getting around to things like the Runaways. Um, yeah, I watched. I watched the just just regarding Inhumans. I watched the first twelve minutes of the first episode of Inhumans when it came out, and instantly gave up. Yeah, yeah. Like, and okay. and then and then like a year ago, uh, I got bored and had run out of stuff to watch currently, and I was like, eh, I'll just go see what it's like. <sighs> Is it still bad? <laughs> it's your own fault. <laughs> um, oh. All right. So, 
so uh, before we wrap up the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, uh, we talked about the original six, but let's talk about some other characters. Uh, oh, yeah. Mac. Um, Love Mac. I'm so hot and cold with Mac. Because sometimes okay. I adore this guy, and sometimes I'm like, Mac, shut the fuck up with your faux righteous bullshit. God damn. He comes okay, yeah, fair. terrible decisions, but then acts holier than thou about it. It's like, no, fuck you. You're not a better person just because you want to murder this robot person. Fuck the- you. <laughs> like, and on the other hand, he has a shotgun axe. Yeah, which is objectively the best thing ever. <laughs> um, and and I do, because like, it's not like I hate Mac. It's just I have such a complicated relationship with him. Because yeah. there are times where I'm like, no, you are unquestionably the moral center here. And I'm definitely on board with what you're saying. But other times he's he's he stays consistent with that, constantly acting like the moral high ground, even when he's objectively wrong. Yeah. In, in those times, I'm like, fuck you, Mac. Have some goddamn humility and accept that maybe other people know better than you and what they're talking about. Um, so it, it's, it's a real hit or miss. It's like, if I'm bringing back baseball for some reason, I don't know why I'm on baseball so much. It's like he's constantly trying for home run swings. So when he hits, it's impressive. But when he misses, it's like, what are you doing? You could have just bunted that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm doing a bunch of baseball analogies today. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, then there's Yo-Yo, who she's great. Love Yo-Yo. She's, she's one of like four speedsters in Marvel. Yeah. And she has a very cool... Uh... A, a very cool. That's a cool writing but, quirk of of speedsterness. Yeah, where she has to return to where she was um, within one heartbeat. Yeah, so she can't use it to escape. Like, if, if there's doors closing and uh, the place is filling up with poison gas, she can't use her super speed to get out of there because when she super speeds out the doors. At the end of her super speed run, she then has to go back through the doors back into the poisonous room. Yep. So she just has to normal run out of there. Yeah. Um, now they wind up removing that when it's revealed that that was a psychological block and not a limitation of her powers because of a traumatic event that occurred when she gained her power. Or no, no. Oh she- yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, and, and once she realizes that that was what happened. And that she doesn't need to constantly yo-yo, then she's just a speedster. And I'm like, yeah. in theory, I think it's cool that because I like when they remove psychological blocks to upgrade powers. They do it in My Hero Academia, um, mm-hmm. in one of the best character moments ever with a character named Twice. Who I know you don't watch this, so as a quick thing, Twice has um, his quirk is also called Twice, or it's called Double. Okay. Um, He has the power that anything that he gets a good reading of, like he has an actual tape measure in his like wristbands. Um, So if he measures certain points of someone and gets a good idea of them in his mind, then he can make a clone of them and he can make up to two clones of something at once. Um, The clones are said to be able to take like 
about two broken arms worth of damage before mm -hmm. they uh they melt into this gross mud sludge substance um but he can even copy other like superpower users and their copies can use their powers um hmm. so later on it's revealed because he acts a lot like deadpool he's got multiple voices that he speaks in and everything and we find out that um he once when he first had his quirk made a small army of himself and he was trying to act as a king and have his clones do everything but then they got pissed there was an uprising everyone attacked everyone else nobody knew who the original was and they all killed each other and huh. He was just the last one standing. And so now he's not sure if he's a clone or not. And so he refuses to clone himself. Um, and he's also terrified of running into battle because he thinks if he takes enough damage that he might disappear forever. Um, mm -hmm. And in a battle, uh, an enemy breaks both of his arms. And they're like, all right, you're done for now. And he just starts like maniacally laughing. And they're like, uh, what the fuck? And he's like crying, laughing. And he's like, both of my arms are broken, but I'm still here. I'm yeah. the original. And all of a sudden, like, what, what happens is he makes a clone. And that clone who has the same superpowers makes a clone. And then that clone who has the same superpowers makes a clone. So he uses a move called infinite doubles, sad oh man's great. And you see a literal tidal wave of his clones engulf the city. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, in that moment, he becomes one of the most dangerous villains in the show. Mm -hmm. So, I love it when they do shit like that, where they're like, yeah, they were holding themselves back because of some psychological thing. Captain Marvel does the same thing. But given that we have other speedsters, I think it sadly makes Yo-Yo less interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, she is still the only speedster that has robot arms. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I don't know, I just think it was way more unique when she could not rely on her uh, speed powers in a one-way type of thing. Um, Deke. Deke. Oh, God, Deke. I love him. I, he's a character you love to hate and hate to love, and um, he's such a shit heel, and he becomes, like, a new Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs. Oh, my um, God, yeah, I forgot about that. That's really funny. Um. Instead of Apple. and then he and then he becomes like a the leader of a rock band in the eighties. Yes, <laughs> and then he becomes the head of Shield in an alternate timeline. Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> he he goes from like a post Star Lord in a post apocalyptic future to a Steve Jobs to uh, uh uh what what's the word I'm looking for where uh it's like disgusting that you're doing this shamelessly where he's like shamelessly stealing um the breakfast club song a year before the breakfast club comes out yes uh, yeah um and becoming a, a rock band by pulling a bit and using knowledge of the future to um to make these songs before uh before the actual artists do which yeah given how song making can work can you imagine you're in the middle of writing Don't You Forget About Me 
and then Deke Shaw comes out of nowhere and sings the song you were writing. And That'd be some wild shit. I, I feel like my life would be ruined because then I would try convincing everyone that that was my song and like pulling up the receipts that I was writing it and everyone would be like, you fucking loser. You're just trying to bite off of Deke Shaw's success. Yep. I, I would wind up having to go to jail because I would fucking kill someone. <laughs> yep. Um. But uh, yeah, and oh, it's such a wild ride with that character, and and he starts off like so, like deadly serious, but as soon as he gets to uh, a past that's not post-apocalyptic, he's just like, oh, thank God. Okay, I'm just gonna do silly shit now. Um, and, and it's like, you know what? That makes sense. I get it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, but he's great. Uh, I do love him. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, let's see. Oh, Enoch. Oh, Enoch. Yeah, he's great, as I have always been. Oh, god, I love Enoch so much. (laughs) He's so much fun. Uh, he's great. Um, it's funny because, like, again, I took. Uh, like a two-year break after starting season five yeah i assumed he was going to be a villain character yeah 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 because season four very much ends where he's like a villain um and season five opens with him taking off his skin oh yeah and i was like oh he's some kind of fucking alien or something uh yeah he's definitely a bad guy uh but Nah. <laughs> He's fucking great. I cried. He's a cool dude. I cried for him. Yeah. Um I was gonna say Trip. Uh oh yeah, Trip. One of the best things about season four is that they brought back um some dead characters in the form of like data reconstructions. And you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna put this out there maybe it was because of behind the scenes stuff where Brett Dalton didn't want to keep doing it or whatever. I feel there was a missed opportunity where you could have brought Grant Ward back as a good guy. If you put his framework data into an LMD. Yep. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. It's a shame because we don't see Ward again after season four. Um, Cause spoiler alert, he died and then, was possessed by an alien god. Uh, and then the alien god died. Yeah. And then he was a data reconstruction, and then he died. Um, yep. And his entire reality died. Um, oh, oh, yeah. And there was uh, the uh, the scientist uh, who made the framework. Yeah. yeah. Um, I almost said Disc- Radcliffe. Uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, 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 Fulton Radcliffe. Yeah, or as I call him, almost Peter Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I recognize him <laughs> as uh, Jonathan from The Mummy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, he's great. Um, the scene he appears in is like, there's a lot of scenes in Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. that are hard to watch if you're squeamish. Um, yeah. His his initial scene is one of them. It. it it gets okay like there's like a lot of bad shit right like 
end of season two, the needles being stuck under Bobby's nails. That's hard to watch. Uh, Him being stabbed in the eyeball with a a syringe. That's hard to watch. Oh yeah. I have a phobia of broken glass. The absolute worst is in season seven. Oh yeah. Daisy manages to help her and um, Sousa escape by sliding a piece of glass under the skin of her wrist. Ah! I watched I feel like it was difficult for you to say that out loud. It was. (laughs) I'm in pain. Um, Oh my god. Oh, that was brutal. That, that, oh my god. I, I watched that once and now whenever I watch like a reaction series or if I'm rewatching the show, yeah, skip it. I, I know it's coming. I I will not look at the screen like like with, with the Bobby stuff with the nails under her nails uh, or whatever. Like I, I like cover up like I, I block out <laughs> my vision, but I'm still yeah. looking at the screen. But for this, I'm like, I know what happens here. I'm not going to risk seeing any of that. I can risk seeing no. a split second of like the needles thing. It's gross, yeah. but I'll, I'll live. But with that, I think I will actually fucking vomit if I have to see that again. Um, yep, that makes sense. So, so I'm just like, I'm just gonna look away and I'm gonna wait until I know the scene is done. I don't care that we're cutting to other scenes in the meantime. I know what happens in them. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of uh, Daniel Souza from Age of Shield appears, uh, and we, we also can't forget Hunter and Bobby. Um, the Spies Goodbye is one of the best scenes of television I've ever seen. That what? Which one? The Spies Goodbye. Yes. Had uh, me in tears. So uh, they they were toying with the idea of having a, a side series with Hunter and Bobby. Still uh, sad that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and also, one of the it's like canon arguments is with the fact that um, oh my god, Ice White is Agent Nineteen, but in the comics, yep. Agent Nineteen was uh, Mockingbird, who is Bobby. Um, and it's like, hey, I hate to break it to you, but we've already ruined the identities. Like again, refer. Yeah, to we my- yeah we just did a whole big rant yeah. about Marvel switching and swapping and alluding to and blending and splitting up all sorts of different identities from their. Uh, character counterparts. Yeah. So Agent 19 and Mockingbird are clearly just two different characters now. Yeah, and there's even more possibilities than that. Sure, maybe Agent 19 is Mockingbird. Bobby's a lot younger than... She might uh, be the second Mockingbird. Than Hawkeye's, yeah. It's, Hawkeye's wife could have been uh, Mockingbird before Bobby Morse was Mockingbird. The only way that this would have retconned um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is if is they if had they revealed... The character. Yeah, if they had revealed that Laura's name used to be Bobby Morse and she changed it. Yeah. Then um, you'd have me dead to rights and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would not be canon. But that's not what happened. Yep. All right, we're at five minutes. Um, overall, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fucking roller coaster. Um, it's constantly taking you on some kind of journey and it is constantly making it so incredibly worthwhile to stay on that journey. There's seven seasons, and you should watch every one of them. I'm not going to be one of those motherfuckers that tells you you can skip the first half of season one. No, watch those episodes. They're important, motherfucker. 
Yeah, they're good. They're good uh, character building. Not o- not only are they good character building, but there's important shit that happens in those episodes that come back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, incredibly important shit, especially for season five. Yeah. Um, and if you just watch the back half, you're not going to know what the fuck is going on. So, um, yeah, it's complicated. I, <laughs> I was telling my friend Gene, you have to watch this show. He's like, "Isn't it bad?" I'm like, "No." Do you trust it's me? the best Marvel show? I was like, Do you trust me? He's like, Yes. I'm like, it's one of the best superhero TV shows of all time, if not the best. He's like, Okay. He started watching mm-hmm. it and he was uh, messaging me like like <clears throat> the first update I got after he started watching it was that he had already seen like episode twelve. <laughs> yeah. He was just shotgunning it. It was amazing. So <laughs> go watch it. All right, three and a half minutes. So let's wrap this up. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. You can join the Cape Corner Discord. Uh, sometimes I'll put polls on there, or you can just make a suggestion of what kind of episode you want to hear. Um, I, I am listening, so I, I think I've gotten suggestions maybe twice since I've started this show. You can use that channel. <laughs> I promise you can. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at Cape Corner on Twitter. You can follow uh, Jordan at Phantom Optimus or at Jordan Blue Man on Twitter. Um, uh, you can support the series. I have a uh, anchor supporter now. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm getting a big five bucks a month from him. Uh, so yeah. I, I guess I should actually shout him out. Fuck, I don't know what he wants me to refer to him as. I don't know if like other people can see my anchor supporters. So like... I don't want to. Yeah, you you don't want to. You yeah, you don't want to accidentally dock someone. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. But mix. but we um, appreciate you. I don't want to mix cool. pseudonyms with real names. If, so I'll figure that out later. Um, feel free to feel free to let Blue know if you're comfortable being uh, applauded publicly. Yeah, and what name you want me to use? Um, uh, okay, uh, I actually need you to check for me after this if uh, if that's visible. Oh, sure thing. Um, okay. Uh, but yes, so it works just like Patreon. You can support me a little bit every month, and it helps me um, stay fed. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm at a new job, and uh, I don't have a whole lot of hours right away. I'm slowly getting eased into that, which means it's going to be a rough month financially for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so anything will be appreciated. Um, check out the Hall Pods Podcast Network. Link is in the description. Um, it's the Fandom Optimist and SJW Comic Book Club. And uh, uh, fucking uh, True Believers, a comic book podcast. Um, everyone's cool. Uh, let's see. And anything else? Um, Agents of Shield is canon, and uh, you've got a little <laughs> dick if you continue to argue that it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude, it's gonna it's gonna fuck those people up if uh, Daisy winds up popping up in a movie yeah well like i said they'll just say she's a variant yeah because they're little pussy ass bitches yep she would have to detail like the entire summary of agents of shield for them they to say even tried saying matt wasn't the same matt like fuck you yeah all right anyway um everybody thank you for listening to us go on an unhinged rant uh <laughs> watch agents of shield and uh stay strong Stay true to yourselves. And remember, we can all be agents. (laughs) Um, That's a good one. I like that. 
I didn't even mention that uh, Aaron from Blind Wave literally named his son Colson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, love Blind Wave. Love those guys. I'll, I'll keep that in at the end. 